0: The fear of death hangs as a dark, ominous cloud. When you are young, that dark cloud is in the distance, but as you age, it becomes ever larger, terrifying the sons and daughters of Adam. But it is not so for the born again, for there Jesus promises them eternal life. Revelation 21, 1 through 5, one of God's many advertisements of the eternal hope reads, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth... And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Jesus speaks in John eleven twenty five and 26. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? 1 Corinthians one through 51-57, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed." The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But these beautiful promises that vanquish the fear of death are only good for the born again. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Have you been born again? Born a literal second time, this time of the Spirit of God, today all your sin and shame will be expunged from your record. Today all of Satan's bondages will be broken. Today you will begin a brand new life, a brand new beginning. Today you will be given a brand new name, a brand new purpose, a brand new promise of eternal life, and most importantly, a brand new father." The saving blood of Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son, makes this marvelous new day possible. Will today be your day? In just a few moments, you will make a decision for or against Jesus Christ, and absolutely everything depends on it. Right now, you are in the valley of decision. Follow me in this simple prompt and settle the record now. Ready? Here we go. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Exodus 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God said, Genesis chapter 5, verses 3 through 6, And Adam lived an hundred and thirty years, and begat a son in his own likeness, after his image, and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam, after he had begotten Seth, were eight hundred years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were nine hundred and thirty years, and he died. And Seth lived a hundred and five years, and begat Enos. God said, Genesis chapter 4, Verses 1 through 4. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female. And of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female. Of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of all the earth for yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights, and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. Man said, I picked up a hitchhiker one day. In conversation about his soul, the hitchhiker told me he didn't believe in God, he believed in evolution. I asked him to define evolution, and he sheepishly responded, I don't know. That's what my teacher told me. Now, the record it's hard to fathom how the ungodly think the thoughts they do and live out the deeds those thoughts dictate. It's hard to fathom until you consider it from the realm of the spirit the realm where light battles darkness, then it becomes abundantly clear that Satan has taken them at his will, second 2 timothy two twenty six and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him. At his will. How does Satan accomplish this feat? Prior to salvation, man is spiritually dead, spiritually stillborn. Ephesians 2 1, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. We sat in darkness, automatically born into this death, but one day the gospel was preached unto us. Some of us embraced it, but others rejected it those who reject it fall into a deadly way. Speaking of the Antichrist and the world's condition prior to his arrival, we read in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 9 through 11, Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Because of their rejection of Christ, they have received a spirit of strong delusion and will wholeheartedly embrace a lie. Consider Romans 1.28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Those who reject God are given over to a reprobate or worthless mind to embrace and to be bound by the bondages of atheism, evolution, homosexuality, and the rest of the ravages of sin and all its foolishness. Settle it in your heart. The earth is just over 6,000 years old. Paleontology, archaeology, ancient history— societal records, genealogical records, geology, molecular biology, and more all say, yes, I need the Word of God to be true. My life, even eternal life, depends on it. The following paragraphs are from the God Said, Man Said, Feature the Six Thousands, Part 1. The God of today's carnal educators is called evolution, foundational to evolution, without this evolution could not exist, is the doctrine of uniformitarianism. Uniformitarianism declares that the present is the key to the past, and that the earth's geologic history has proceeded at a very uniform rate similar to what is observed today. Approaching the apparent geological facts from the position of unbelief turns everything upside down. Instead of the earth and its universe being just over 6,000 years old, the age offered is in the billions. Students of the word of God understand that two major global events took place in the past that were certainly not uniform. Major global event one. If you arrived on earth seven days after creation began, you would assume the earth had history when there was none. Had you come upon the apple tree laden with fruit, you would assume history. But other than four days, there was none. Had you encountered Adam and Eve, you would have assumed history, yet they were only one day old. Imagine Adam didn't witness God's creative handiwork during the first five days and part of the sixth day of creation. Adam had no way of knowing how God did it. He had to take his word for it. Obviously, the creation of the earth and its universe, including all life forms in six 24-hour days, would not be considered uniform. Major global event number two. The second global event that blows the doctrine of uniformitarianism out of the water is the global flood in the days of Noah that destroyed all living creatures that had the breath of life in its nostrils with the exception of those upon the ark. Empirical data supporting this global, earth-changing flood is truly staggering. Fish fossils on every mountain peak, flood strata covering three-quarters of the earth, over 500 ancient and mostly extra-biblical societal accounts, the vast majority of all fossils buried as a result of water action, and just so much more. But because carnal academia begins their approach to the facts in the spirit of the deceivableness of unrighteousness, the conclusions they derive can only be delusional. The foundation of uniformitarianism is truly sinking sand. When facts and not theories are presented, the evolutionists are left bewildered and red-faced. The scientific data being published today certifies a young earth. When the data speaks instead of the theories shaped in the bias of unbelief, God's Word stands supreme. Does regular, non-evolutionary science support billions of years? The answer is no. To the contrary, true science finds itself sidling up beside God's young earth pronouncement consistently. A host of these book endorsements are reviewed here on God Said Man Said. Be of good cheer, saints. Your holy book remains and will continue to remain undefeated. All the world's books and their knowledge must genuflect before the Word of God. During this series called the 6,000s, you will see research stacked upon research that declares a very young earth. Two numbers to remember. First, according to Bishop Usher, the earth and its universe are 6,023 years old. It's 2019 at the time of this writing. God began the creation process Sunday Eve. Note that evening precedes the day. September 21, 4004 BC. Second, approximately 4,367 years ago, God directed Noah to enter the ark. If these numbers are true, then there should be proof everywhere of a young earth, and yes, Noah's flood also, and there certainly is. Much of the feature written by geologist Dr. Timothy Clary titled, For Geological Evidence for a Young Earth, which was published June 2019, and the ICR publication Action Facts follows. Most people believe rock layers require millions of years to form. This assumption has been taught as fact to geology students and the public for generations. In reality, rocks of any type can in due form quickly under the right conditions. This article reviews four geological evidences that point to a young world, Collectively, this strong evidence also tips the scale in favor of a 6,000-year-old earth. The scientific data demonstrate that our world's sedimentary rocks cannot be millions of years old. Number one, erosion is too rapid for an ancient earth. What would rocks that are millions of years old look like? According to the empirical measurements of today's erosion rates, rocks that are that old shouldn't even exist if they are exposed at the earth's surface. Modern erosion rates are so fast that, according to secular geologists, the continents themselves should have been reduced to sea level long ago. A recent study confirmed that outcrops—rocks visible above the ground—erode at an average rate of about 40 feet every one million years. This means the time needed to completely erode most continents— would be less than fifty million years, secular geologists have had to resort to imagined rescuing devices uh, like uh, episodic uplift uplift, excuse me, due to tectonic forces in order to explain the existence of today's continents. However, much of Canada and the eastern United States have not experienced any significant geologic uplift since the creation of the Appalachian Mountains over 250 million years ago, according to the secular timescale. Considering that much of these areas are less than 1,000 feet above sea level, it's a wonder there's any dry land at all in these regions. As secular scientists clearly demonstrated, 1,000 feet of eval- uh, ev- uh, excuse me, elevation would erode away in just 25 million years. So if the continents are extremely old, why are they still above sea level? The very existence of Earth's continents coupled with erosion rates testifies to the youth of our planet and the truth of God's Word. Number two, shale and limestone are deposited rapidly by moving water. Secular science has long taught that many of Earth's sedimentary rocks were deposited slowly over vast ages. It says the slow rates of deposition for sediments like clay and lime mud are arguments for an old earth claiming these layers form through sediment slowly settling out of stagnant water. People have been indoctrinated with the notion that enormous periods of time are necessary to explain these thick rock layers. Yes, we do see clay settling out of stagnant water today, but the rocks we observed didn't form that way. Clay, earth's most common sediment, doesn't slowly settle out of still water to form rocks. Clay-rich rocks like shale and mudstones often exhibit fine laminations or thin-bedded layers that only form through moving, not stagnant, water. How do we know? Recent empirical evidence demonstrates that laminated clays must be deposited in energetic settings by moving water. Finely laminated clays rarely form today since biological activity, burrowing, or bioturbation Usually destroys the thin layers. The concept of slow forming limestone strata has been taught as fact for generations. Such carbonate rocks comprise 20 to 25 percent of the total sedimentary strata on Earth's continents. The red wall limestone in Grand Canyon is 400 to 800 feet thick, but some carbonates can exceed 3,000 feet uniformitarians have used the presence of these rocks to criticize the Genesis flood account, pointing out that thick layers of quiet water carbonates must have taken millions of years to form. But now, all that has changed, and another long-held uniformitarian belief has been exposed as a non-truth. Flume studies verified that carbonate mud is not deposited slowly, but instead is laid down rapidly by wave and current action. Laboratory experiments demonstrate that water flowing between 10 and 20 inches per second creates ripples in laminated carbonate mud layers identical to those observed in carbonate rocks. Dr. Jurgen Scheiber and his co-authors wrote, These experiments demonstrate unequivocally that carbonate muds can also accumulate in energetic settings, Observations from modern carbonate environments and from the rock records suggest that deposition of carbonate muds by currents could have been common throughout geologic history. These results match the predictions of creation geologists who interpret mudstones, shales, and nearly all sedimentary rocks as rapid deposits from the year-long flood. Number three, there's a lack of time between layers. When we look at the sedimentary rocks and the various mega sequences they form, we most commonly see the layers stacked like pancakes, even one paralleling the layers below and above. There's little indication within the sedimentary strata of the vast amounts of missing time claimed by secular geologists. The boundaries between strata often extend for tens, even hundreds of miles in all directions. Secular scientists often place hundreds of thousands, even millions of years, between parallel sedimentary units, such as the boundary between the hermit shell in Grand Canyon and the overlying Coconino sandstone. But when you examine the contact between these particular layers, it's nearly perfectly planar in all directions for tens of miles. There may be small, smooth, undulations of a few feet in some locations, but for the most part it's level with sharp contacts from one rock layer to the next. Where are the gullies and the uneven topography that should have resulted from erosion over hundreds of thousands of years? The contact looks like brick upon brick, with no evidence of any time delay whatsoever across the entire expanse of the Grand Canyon and beyond. The red wall limestone and the tapetes sandstone were deposited nearly perfectly flat across the Grand Canyon, and recall that the tapetes and the equivalent sandstone extends over much of North America. Nearly everywhere across the expanse of North America, the base of the tapetes sandstone layer is a near planar surface. How could so much time for erosion to take place have left such, such flat surfaces? Instead. The evidence indicates rapid scouring and erosion creating a planar surface followed almost immediately by the deposition of new sedimentary layers as tsunami-like waters advanced across the continents. Number 4. Could subducted slabs exist deep in the mantle? One of the strongest evidences to support catastrophic plate tectonics Runaway subduction and rapid plate movement during the flood is the seismic tomography imaging of cloud-subducted oceanic lithosphere deep in the mantle. If if these uh, lithospheric slabs were really moving just a few centimeters per year, as secular scientists claim, then they should have assimilated into the hot mantle long ago and not show such strong density contrast, indicating a much cooler temperature, with the surrounding material. Instead, the coldness of the lithospheric slabs indicates they were rapidly in in place just thousands of years ago. ICR physicist Dr. Jake Herbert summarized the findings from mantle tomography. An imaging process called seismic tomography has revealed a ring of dense rock at the bottom of the mantle since its location corresponds approximately to the parameter of the Pacific Ocean it appears to represent subducted ocean crust. Located inside this ring of cold rock is a block of less dense rock that appears to have been squeezed upward towards the crust. If one assumes that the density of the cold ring is comparable to that of the surrounding material, which is the most straightforward assumption, this ring is 3,000 to 4,000 degrees uh, 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 colder than the inner blob. This is completely unexpected in the conventional plate tectonic model since it can take about 100 million years for a slab to descend all the way to the base of the mantle. In that time, one would expect any such temperature differences to have evened out. However, in the catastrophic plate tectonics model, such a temperature difference is to be expected if the slab rapidly subducted into the mantle just a few thousand years ago. These findings validate runaway subduction and rapid plate motion. Catastrophic plate tectonics did happen in the past, but only during the flood about 4,500 years ago. Once all of the original oceanic lithosphere was completely consumed and a new seafloor was created, the runaway motion ceased. Today, we witness the mere residual motion from this event. Conclusion. The Earth is young. These four strong geological evidence demonstrate that Earth is just thousands of years old, as the biblical narrative and genealogies indicate. In fact, there is no empirical evidence to the contrary. Only biased interpretations based on unverifiable assumptions, such as the radioisotope dates that secular science relies on so heavily, continue to argue for old Earth. The rocks do not show great age. The fossils do not show great age. Earth is young. End of quote. The following paragraphs came from the God said, Man said feature. Evidence of a legendary flood keeps flooding in. Noah is back in the news. Two God said, Man said saints brought to our attention the latest global stir regarding the flood, with news hailing from China. Ancient Chinese accounts of their beginning speak of a catastrophic flood that threatened the heavens from which a Noah-like hero emerges. This hero is God's conduit for the salvation of mankind. Headline, August 4, 2016, New York Times, Scientific Evidence of Flood May Give Credence to Legend of China's First Dynasty. Headline, August 5, 2016, UK Telegraph. First evidence of legendary China flood may rewrite history. Headline, August 4, 2016, Washington Post. Legends say China began in a great flood. Scientists just found evidence that the flood was real. Headline, August 4, 2016, ScienceMag.org. Massive flood may have led to China's earliest empire. Several points to keep in mind. One, the flood in the days of Noah took place approximately 4,367 years ago. Number two, the flood in the days of Noah took place in approximately 2,349 BC. And three, Noah was the tenth from Adam, the world's first man. Some of the researchers attribute this catastrophe as the result of the Ice Age, and it should be kept in mind that an Ice Age did begin shortly after the global flood where it continues in places like the North and South Poles, but this event was not a result of the Ice Age. Excerpts from several features follow. Under the heading, Archaeology, the Bible, and the Post-Flood Origins of Chinese History, from creationism.org, you'll find the following. The flood was as important in the ancient mythologies of the peoples of China as it is to Scripture. Many primi- primitive peoples described it as a catastrophe of biblical dimensions. The Mayo legend states that a single human couple escaped the deluge in a wooden drum and then gave birth to the first members of post-flood humanity. The Shu King, China's first history states, Destructive in their overflow are the waters of the inundation. In their vast extent, they embrace the hills and overtop the great heights, threatening the heavens. With their floods, Yu, the Chinese Noah, overcame the flood waters, but he and his immediate predecessors are of a lineage well known to world mythology. The Bible, the ancient Sumerians, and the Chinese all cite a chronology of ten rulers whose last member was the hero of a great flood epic. Similar legends are known from Greece and India. Some modern scholars have recognized the unity of these genealogies and suggested they may have originated in ancient Sumeria. In our biblical framework, the great flood was an actual event, and each of these traditions indigenous to the lands where they are found. Such a currency of like tra- traditions is to be expected on the basis of Scripture, and on that basis, the Maio are quite correct in describing the whole of post-flood humanity to a single family." Note, Noah is the tenth generation from Adam, and the Chinese Noah is the tenth from the world's first man. Keep in mind that these accounts are not from Bible-based people. New York Times, August 4, 2016, under the heading Scientific Evidence of Flood, may give credence to legend of China's first dynasty. Scientists have found evidence— of a catastrophic flood that overwhelmed the upper Yellow River Valley in China some 4,000 years ago, an event that they say may confirm the historical basis of China's semi-legendary first dynasty. NewScientist.com, under the title First Evidence of Legendary Flood, reveals China's origin story. Legend has it that a great flood engulfed China 400 years ago. Lasting for more than 20 years— it was finally uh, tamed by the heroic efforts of Emperor Yu, whose Shia dynasty marked the birth of Chinese civilization and its transition into the Bronze Age. According to Daniel uh, Montgomery of the University of Washington in Seattle, it's probably beyond the reach of science to prove the origin of an oral tradition handed down generation to generation for a thousand years before the first written records, he says but it supports the historicity of events central to the early history of Chinese civilization and provides another example of how some of humanity's oldest stories, tales, often taken as mythology or folklore, may be rooted in natural disasters that really happened. End of quote. UK Telegraph, August 5, 2016, headline, First Evidence of Legendary Chinese Flood May Rewrite History. The following excerpts appear. According to legend, Emperor Yu emerged as a hero after he was said to have eventually tamed the waters by leading dredging work. Yu was given the divine mandate to establish the Shia dynasty, the first in Chinese history and marking the beginning of Chinese civilization, said the study, which appeared in the journal Science. Darrell Granger, professor in the Department of Earth Atmospheric Planetary Sciences at Purdue University, said the geologists found that the flood would have been more than 500 times larger than a flood on the Yellow River from a rainfall event. Flood waters would have surged to 125 feet above normal level, said the study, which analyzed bone samples from three human victims aged 6 to 13 years, end of quote. August 4, 2016, Washington Post headline, Legends say China began at a great flood. Scientists just found evidence that the flood was real. It said that the flood looked like endless boiling water surging across the landscape. A wave as tall as a 30-story building would have crashed over the banks of the Yellow River, demolishing everything in its path. It soaked the streets of ancient China's nascent cities, and washed away the surrounding farmland. The flood is pouring forth destruction, boundless and overwhelming. It overtops hills and mountains, goes the quote attributed to the legendary Emperor Yu. Rising and ever-rising, it threatens the very heavens. Note there are over 500 societal records of a great flood, not earthquakes or volcanoes, but a catastrophic flood. It increasingly seems that fundamental elements of the global tapestry of great flood stories mirror the geography of tsunamis, glacial outburst floods, and catastrophic lowland flooding, Montgomery wrote. Now that we know China's great flood seems to be real, how many other ancient stories of intriguing disasters might just have more than a grain of truth to them? End of quote. Everywhere you look, you'll find the fingerprints of God. From the book Searching for Adam, written by T. Mortensen, Ph.D., the following was lifted. One of the most unique testimonies pointing to the historicity of Genesis 1-11 through 11 and mankind's shared history prior to Babel is found in the earliest form of the Chinese language known as oracle bone writing. Like modern Chinese, the oracle bone writing was logographic, meaning that instead of an alphabet, it used symbols or radicals to represent words and syllables. These figures can be combined to convey a different or more developed idea. Researchers found that many of the radicals revealed that the earliest Chinese people clearly knew of the events found in Genesis 1-11. Consider the following words and their component symbols. Word, garden. Garden is made up of the symbols for dust, breath, two persons, and enclosure. God said, man said, man made from dust. God breathed up Adam's nostrils. Two people, Adam and Eve, enclosed in God's garden of Eden. Next word, flood. Flood is composed of the figures for eight, united, earth, and water. God said, man said, eight people in Noah's ark, all of life with breath in its nostrils, were in the ark, the earth destroyed by water. Next word, tower, tower, composed of the radicals for mankind, one, mouth or language, and clay. God said, man said, mankind scattered at the tower of Babel, one common language made brick out of clay. These are just a handful of the ancient symbols found among the oracle bone writings that show these people had a good understanding of the events described in Genesis chapter 1 through chapter 11. What else but shared history could account for the striking similarities between the biblical accounts in these chapters and the early Chinese people who developed these symbols? End of quote. Many ancient non-Jewish and non-Christian civilizations have passed down accounts of the flood. One of the world's oldest, the Mayo or Mayatsu of China, passed down this story from generation to generation. Here it goes. So it poured forty days in sheets and torrents, then fifty-five days of misting and drizzle. The waters surmounted the mountains and ranges, an earth with no earth upon which to take refuge, a world with no foothold, "'where one might subsist. "'The people were baffled, impotent, and ruined. "'Despairing, horror-stricken, diminished and finished. "'But the patriarch Noah was righteous. "'The matriarch, Gobolian upright, "'built a boat very wide, made a ship very vast. "'Their household, entire, got aboard and were floated. "'The family complete rode the deluge in safety. "'The animals with them were female and male. "'The birds went along and were mated in pairs.' When the time was fulfilled, God commanded the waters. The day had arrived, the flood waters receded. Then Noah liberated a dove from their refuge, sent a, bo- a bird to go forth and bring again tidings. The flood has gone down into lake and to ocean. The mud was confined to the pools and hollows. There was land once again where man might reside. There was a place in the earth now to rear habitations. Buffalo then were brought, an oblation to God. Fatter cattle became sacrificed to the mighty. The divine one then gave them his blessing. Their God then bestowed his good graces. Just over 6,000 years ago, as Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 records, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. God's word is true and righteous altogether, a place to build a life that will last forever. God said, Exodus 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and hallowed it. God said, Genesis chapter 5, 3 through 6, And Adam lived a hundred and thirty years, and begat a son in his own likeness, after his image, and called his name Seth, and the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth, were eight hundred years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were nine hundred and thirty years, and he died. And Seth lived a hundred and five years, and begat Enos. God said, Genesis chapter 7, 1 through 4. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation of every clean beast, Thou shalt take to thee by sevens the male and his female, and of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female, of fowls also of the air by sevens the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of all the earth. For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights, and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. Man said, I picked up a hitchhiker one day in conversation about his soul. The hitchhiker told me he didn't believe in God. He believed in evolution. I asked him to define evolution, and he sheepishly responded, I don't know. That's what my teacher told me. Now you have the record.